0: Hello and welcome to I Am Not Your Tour Guide, but I am your host, Starla Skelton. This is a podcast where travelers become storytellers. And today I have one of my favorite, favorite people in the world uh, with me. One of, the, one of the last times I saw this guy, he was uh, crack climbing in Yosemite National Park, and he is just uh just one of the coolest people ever. So please welcome to the show. Chris Law. Hey!
1: Hi, thank you.
0: Happy to be here. I'm so excited. Do you you know how jealous Mike Black probably is right now?
1: I hope (laughs) uh, maximum, ideally.
0: (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah, how are you?
1: I'm doing really great. Uh, Living life and taking it a day at a time. How about yourself?
0: Yeah, I have a daughter that's about to graduate from high school and that feels really weird because when I met you, she was what, like four or five? So, um, you know, it's just it's a different world now. It's like a it's a different kind of enjoyment, you know, and so I'm doing a lot of reminiscing about traveling on this podcast to like get me through this part of my life where I'm a bit more domesticated. But, you know, as soon as she graduates, her and I, we got a couple trips planned coming up um, starting in September. So, yeah, I'm just, you know, life is good. That's incredible. Yeah. And so, okay. So let me go, let me go into you. You are, uh, whenever I met you, you are an avid rock climber. You are a traveler. You're an adventure enthusiast. You have experienced life inside and outside of the USA. So I haven't talked to you in forever. So let's just start with like the basics. Where are you living right now? Because I saw snow on your Instagram post this morning.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I currently live in South Lake Tahoe, California. Mm. And for people who don't know, it's um, on the border of Nevada, California, where the the turn in Nevada is. I guess California too. Um, So yeah, I'm almost at 6,300 feet and there's like 10 feet of snow outside. It's currently snowing in May.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. What kind of car are you driving right now? Like, Are you having to go like, up to get to your house or this is that's just the elevation that where you're at
1: that's just the elevation where I am I have a truck I drive at Tacoma Mm -hmm. it's like you have to have four-wheel drive especially with the winter like we just this winter was like feet of snow over days consistently uh but yeah it's like pretty much flat and then all of a sudden like if I were to go to a ski resort or something you just all of a sudden, you're thousands of feet up. And I think the highest peak around here is like Friel Peak, just around like 11,000 feet. So it's kind of cool because I can go. This is just endless. Ma- endless mountain and river activities here.
0: And Do you have a lot of neighbors?
1: I like there's some pockets of neighborhoods. And it's really funny because like the guy next to me has been here his whole life, seventy like something years old. He's like the appliance repair guy. Uh, but then there's also a lot of like people like me that are younger and especially like a lot of COVID folks that have moved into town and it's very diverse. It's also like ski towns are weird because you got to hire like a bunch of people to work at a ski resort
0: uh-huh. in the winter.
1: So there's just a lot of people that show up and leave and show up and leave. And then the adage is like, you come here for winter and then you stay for summer. Cause it's just a really nice lake.
0: That's awesome. I love how you said people that are younger, like me, I'm like, <laughs>
1: I know. well, well, versus the seven year old neighbor, you know? But this guy could pick a refrigerator a refrigerator up and carry it upstairs. So um I think he's like one up me on this.
0: That's amazing. So yeah. whenever so whenever you and I met, you were in Atlanta, Georgia, and then I know you took a uh, a a life move and went out to San Francisco, and now you're where you're at. What or who, or both, what's inspired your um, choice of geographic location right now?
1: It's strange. Uh, my grandfather flew airplanes to San Francisco from Miami, Florida. And so for some reason in my brain, I just always thought San Francisco was like this really cool place. Then I started climbing, and like all the greatest mountains on earth are in California. <laughs> Not on <laughs> earth, but we have some good ones. Uh, and then I, I took the leap and moved because of a person which i'll circle back to but then i got to the bay area and i realized this is kind of like this is silicon valley this is where tech started and i'm a tech guy so that all worked well for me the the move uh my mother moved from new york to miami Mm -hmm. uh and it was very much inspired like to like take the leap of faith and go for it and her and i kind of talked and i felt like go for it and she had done the same so it was like, man, I should just do it.
0: That's awesome. Your mom is super inspirational. Like she's one of those people that you meet in life, and like you just don't forget her. She's just so kind.
1: I appreciate you saying that. i um, I show everybody she's a quilter. I show everybody that comes over, like all these quilts she's made. And we had to evacuate uh, because it called her a fire last year from Tahoe. It was like a mile away from my house. And I left and it's like, I grab all these things I think are important. I've got like this box of things I made growing, you know, like things you think that are important. Then I leave and I realize like all I wanted were those quilts, you know? So now I know like next time I evacuate, just grab my mom's quilts and my social security card. That's apparently really important.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So they say. (laughs) Yeah. So they say. What, um, when did you have to evacuate? Was this last year?
1: This was, time flies so fast, two years ago now.
0: Two years ago. Okay. And then how long did you have to stay away from your home?
1: Gosh, we were gone about 10 days almost. Yeah. And it was weird because at the time, like a lot of California was on fire. So all the Forest Service closed, all the Forest Service land. Uh, We evacuated from where I am to a town called Mammoth, which is just like another mountain town on the other side of the Sierras, Uh, but much higher altitude, like really cool cool place but then the forest was closed so i evacuated with like my bike i had all these plans of like hot springs and all these things all of that closed but uh they were very cool like we were camping at hot springs and which was illegal because the forest was closed and the the forest service goons showed up and were like hey you can't be here but we had like all these signs up like south lake tahoe evacuees and they were like no fires. And we were like, we know no fire. Like that's our one focus is don't burn anything down. And they let (laughs) us stay. And it was great. We, we just kicked it by hot springs and because the forest was closed, like nobody showed up to mammoth. It was like the most pleasant evacuation experience you could have.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. And then, so speaking of your home, these, you know, again, I follow you on social media and I see more black bears in your post that I see, than I've ever seen in like the Smoky Mountains, the million times that I've been. So, are, do they just, are they just like living in your backyard?
1: Uh, for a lack of better words, yeah, we have the largest black bear population, and
0: so you're living in their backyard.
1: I'm in their backyard, exactly. Like yeah. uh, this mom, my the neighborhood mother came by this afternoon. She tried to open my truck door, uh, and then she like runs across the street, and she has like I've seen quite a few bear cubs. These were like the smallest. Things I've ever seen, like less than a like less than twelve inches, just these little bear cubs, and it's it's like kind of just sad because it's like she's looking for food, but she wants in my truck in case there's food, but um she'll figure it out, you know. It, it's a unique uh dynamic thing, but also just I they are actually afraid of us, and I love them, so it's good.
0: <laughs> so you um. You have been, I mean, I i would say you've been the majority of the United States, right? More or less? It's a little ground, co- yeah. Yeah. Do you think that in general that the United States is underrated in terms of like its natural beauty?
1: It's, um, there is a lot of it. And I think, I think sometimes the allure of like uh, overseas or other exotic things, it, it's easy. But mm-hmm. then I think once you get into it, Utah And some people just hate the desert, but it's just that kind of out of control, how incredibly gorgeous sandstone is and can be and how water shapes things. And then, I mean, gosh, even the Grand Canyon for like nobody that stood there, like it's pretty gosh darn big, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's hard to um, it's hard because I've also gone other places and they're just really beautiful things all around the world. So I don't know. I was spent, I went to the Galapagos last year and... (gasps) blew me apart you know it just it just blew me apart it was really just so amazing but but also just so absolutely different from i mean even like like where i am like this is a beautiful lake and getting up high and looking at it's really nice and then but then you compare that to these volcanic islands you know it's so different
0: yeah tell me the tell me if you can agree with this but whenever my brother went to the galapagos a couple years ago or it's been a while now but um I meet back up with him afterwards and I'm like, dude, how was it? And he was like, I'm pissed. And I was like, what? He was like, yeah, I'm pissed. And I was like, why? He's like, because I've maxed out at the potential beauty that I can see while scuba diving. He was like, I should have scuba dived the whole world first and then like ended in the Galapagos. He was like, but now he's like, how does anything compare?
1: I definitely agree. I didn't get to scuba. And so I'm kind of like, wow, I have to go back like specifically for a scuba experience. But, uh, gosh, just, like, the first time I got in the water, this penguin, we were dancing together, (laughs) you know? And and it was, like, so small. I didn't know it was going to be so small and just the most agile thing on Earth. So, yeah, it's pretty incredible.
0: That's so cool. You literally, like, swam, danced with a penguin? The penguins,
1: the sea lions, like your bubbles. Uh So if you go down and you flip upside down and you blow bubbles up, they want to, like, thin – In the bubbles, you know, which I'm sure is such a richer experience, scuba diving. But just even it's it's, but also scary, right? Like like a sea lion, they're they are so agile, and the penguins too. It's like, but the penguins are small, and the sea lions are kind of big, and then they're just they are just swooping around you and spinning, and they want you to spin, and being upside down is cool, and it's it's wild.
0: Oh, I'm so excited for you. So I was thinking, whenever I was like preparing for this podcast, one of my favorite. Memories that I've ever had was whenever some of my friends, uh, Kelly and Graham, we took our little road trip and we came out to meet you in Yosemite and, you know, had you as our tour guide. And I'll tell you what, I'll never forget whenever uh, Kelly and I and Graham had already like set up our tent and camp and we were waiting on you and the sun had gone down and then we we see some like headlights coming through the trees and we're like oh you know that's got to be Chris and and you kind of like take your time and so I'm thinking god I hope that's Chris you know because it's, it's kind of been a minute like is, is this him to come to hang you know to see us and then all of a sudden you came through you like busted through the trees and you were like dude I just fell in that hole back there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh I don't remember that part at all, but that sounds like me.
0: Yeah, you were like, did you guys see that hole? Graham and Kelly had never met you. Like, your first words out of your mouth were like, did you guys see that hole? I totally fell in that totally. hole back there. And it was just so amazing. And so it was just, it was such an incredible experience, just Yosemite as a whole. So I want to know for you, what draws you to Yosemite National Park?
1: Oh man, like so many things. Um, I like the rock climbing. Uh, this is like rock climbing mm-hmm. Mecca. So that was definitely, that was kind of like the initial draw. The first time I drove into Yosemite Valley and I, and I kind of come around, you see this view and you're like... Looking down the valley, your, like, half dome is just, like, present in the middle. You got, like, El Cap on the fucking left. And it's just, I just started crying. I yelled. I was with my sister. It was in a climbing trip. And I, like, literally yelled. They thought that they were scared. My sister was like, what's wrong? And then I'm just, like, crying. I'm like, do you not see this thing? So it, it's, like, it's not just climbing. It's, it is so big and unimaginable, like, these features that are made out of rock. Uh, and then it's like i'm a history buff so then i get into a place like this and my brain starts immediately just like wanting to understand more like more like who was here before us but then like how did it become to be like this and just every single thing i just i all of a sudden want to know uh like everything which is so impossible but um that's what got me like once i made it in i was i thought i have to see every inch
0: and did um did you kind of meet or become part of a rock climbing community while you were visiting there a lot?
1: The community is, it's one of the things I love about climbing is the community is small. It's so big, but like, but then it distills down, like we all want to climb the same rocks. So the greatest people of the whole world are showing up in the same place. i met a a really like a strong group of people in Berkeley, California, which is kind of like where climbing started at this little bitty rock in, in Berkeley. Like they learned how to belay and those same hardmen like went on to Yosemite to put up some of these things. And uh, yeah, I built a really nice community, but then also it's always very open. So I think we camped at camp four. Camp four is like the only walk-in campsite that still exists. And it's originally the climbers campsite and almost got torn down and then was added to a registry of historical places. And you can just go to camp four and you'll definitely see the greatest rock climbers in the world. But then you'll also just meet some people that have come from all over that are Wanting to experience the same thing, you know? But then you like turn your head and the most famous like boulder problem ever is right there and somebody's doing it. And it's like, wow, that's like hard and then also inspiring. So it's, yeah, I found a good community.
0: In like in person, not just like hearsay, but in person while you were there, who, if you remember, who was like the greatest climber that you saw?
1: Huh. Okay. To me, it's Dean yeah. Potter. May he rest okay. in peace. I uh, think dude's a total, total absolute legend of the climbing community. And he lived in Yosemite. And I mean, if you were there, like you would just, you would run into him. But I also had experiences I think more people would know, like Alex Honnold, like just being at a crag and like Alex is there. I had a friend one time, took a small fall and he's like, you know, he's bleeding. And Alex is like, hey, can I borrow that book? And the funny thing is, like, the quote in the Yosemite guidebook is, like, Alex Honnold, oh, I don't use guidebooks, you know? It's just, like, some fake quote. And he's like, hey, do you guys mind if I borrow your book really quick? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and did he did he pass by falling?
1: Um, oh, so Alex Honnold climbed El Capitan. It's, like, this movie, Free Solo. It's very popular.
0: Oh, yeah. Dean
1: Potter passed by jumping off this um, thing called Taft Point. Like wingsuit flying, and he was trying to like dip through this V in the wall. And there's like a blurb from the person in front of him, but he was an extreme sports human. So yeah. it was like a, he was either going to go wingsuit flying or trying to solo cap. Yeah. <laughs>
0: What do you feel is the most dodgy experience you had in Yosemite? Like, was there a time that you were like, oh, shit, this is not going to turn out well?
1: Okay. Well, you may or may not know this. I was, I climbed this big climb one time called Royal Arches. It's like 1,600 feet. And at the end of the climb, you kind of have to make a decision to like make 16 rappels because a rappel is about 100 feet. Or to walk down through this gully that's quite treacherous, and my friends and I just like we were like, let's let's walk down, and one yeah. of them actually like fell, he slipped on the way down, and turned in. I was like, ended up being a first responder, so that's like easily the most dodgy thing ever. My friend is alive. Uh, it was a very long night. Personally, dodgy things like <sighs> nothing, nothing where I ended up hurt or. Mm-hmm. Uh, Or harmed in any way, but you just feel those feelings sometimes in climbing, and sometimes, especially in Yosemite, the easier climbs are the most dangerous. So, like Half Dome, for instance, there's a there's a very easy climb that if you're facing Half Dome, goes up the right hand side. There are just times where you're climbing 100 feet and you don't put anything. There's nothing to protect you, Mm -hmm. and so it's easy, but you're like you're like oh, your brain is you get in the zone, you know, like the zone happens very quickly and I mean that's actually the best part of climbing those those feelings when you're just like so dialed and you just feel the rock that way and those types of things
0: I'm just like sitting here staring just thinking like oh my god I mean I'm not a good rock climber as you have experienced um where did you take us that one time that we were that we were you know crack climbing uh in Yosemite
1: I would feel like that was probably this thing called the swan slab Oh, it was okay. definitely a swan slab. And I just love yelling rock climbing while rock climbing. I mean, there's nothing better in life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, such a, but it's like such a – it was either that or um, or another rock called manure pile buttress,
0: which okay. is fun.
1: It's manure pile because they used to jump all the like, horse poop there.
0: Yeah. And the thing that I loved about going with you is that even though, I mean, literally at the very most, this was like a hundred feet, right? Anywhere between 80 and a hundred feet high. And you were just rooting us on like we were climbing El Capitan. You know what I'm saying? You were like, yeah, you got this. Yeah. And you were like yelling at us, like, oh, put your, you know, your left foot just a little higher, just a little higher. This, you know, and you were so enthusiastic. And in my head, I'm thinking, God, this is like, nothing for him you know this is just like but you were so uh encouraging with us and patient with us do you find that just natural for you because you love the sport or were you just like messing around with us trying to make us feel good
1: no i like um it's not it's like i like to make people feel good about things they are not done you know and yeah. um it's just i remember now actually we were going up a climb called after six and it was on manure pile But it's like now I think about after six, I mean, that's the slipperiest rock that climb has been climbed so much. The rock is like it's actually really slippery. And so I probably sandbagged you guys in a way like putting you (laughs) on something. It's easy, but then it's actually like it's incredibly difficult, too. So uh, I don't know. I just you see that look in somebody's face when they accomplish that thing. And it's easy in rock climbing, right, like to um, for people who don't to like give that. It's almost a gift, I think.
0: So, whenever you get in the zone, when you get on the wall and you get in the zone, um, is that your favorite part? Is it the climb itself? Is it when you get to the top? Like, is there, what is the, what's the part where you're just like, man, like, this is it. This is, this is what I love to do.
1: There's like uh, an explosion that happens when you get through the thing you didn't think you would. Uh, And that's so good. But then, Like, if that one thing is part two of, you know, six to get to the top of something, the top is really good. But then getting down is, I feel like I just love, I love like the celebration beers, the safety back on earth experience. Nothing can happen except we wreck this car, which statistically is more realistic, (laughs) you know? So, but it's, but it's just, I don't know. But I, I mean, I've had so many feelings of like being in the middle of a wall stuck, no up, no down. I'm waiting. Like I'm belaying somebody and I'm waiting on them to go up. And I'm looking like hundreds of feet down thinking, "Ugh, we're here. Like we're not going anywhere. Like he's got to finish this. She's got to finish that. I need to do one more. And then we're at the top. Then we get to walk down. You know, it's kind of like in the middle of it sometimes can be almost just almost daunting. Like there's a lot of downtime in climbing. You don't see like just, especially on those long climbs, like you're just belaying sometimes for a long time, hours, like when some people get into hard parts and then they get stuck and they're like up and down and up and down and up and down. And you're like just sitting there, like in, sitting there, like in the most uncomfortable Sometimes, you know, it's like harness digging in shoes, pain. Like, why yeah. did I wear these shoes? I should have worn the half size bigger. <laughs>
0: <laughs> have you ever, um, slept and camped out on a wall? I
1: mean, only the one time when the accident happened. <laughs> And it was like there's a lot of um, like it was a lot of like interrupted uh piece with vitals, yeah. <laughs> no, oh. it, it, yeah, we that's like uh the only intentional time,
0: okay. So I remember whenever, we, I guess. yeah, unintentional. I remember when we went in, and one of the things when the sun was setting that I noticed about uh el capitan is that there were all these you know you could see people's headlamps from their heads like all kind of up the wall you know like ping 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 and i'm like oh and i was like chris are, are people sleeping up there you know and you were like yeah dude and and they have like these hanging um what what would you call it what hangs there um a bivvy okay and then they have their sleeping bag And then how do they go to the restroom?
1: Okay, so you have, um, you know, we're conscious about the mountains. Uh Uh-huh. So you have, have like, a poop thing you carry around. You have, like, you know, wag bags? Yes. Yeah, so it's a lot of wag baggery. Um, And then, I, I mean, honestly, like, people probably pee. Like, there's a wonderful story. The first woman, the most epic woman on Earth is Lynn Hill. She climbed the nose of El Capitan, like, one of the first people. You know, and it's like, then she's like, and then she comes down, it's like the seventies or something. And she says, it goes boys, (laughs) you know, that's like her quote back. So she's a legend. There's a great story about some, uh, somebody, you know, they're climbing and it's like, Oh my God, is it raining? And then they look up and it's like Lynn Hill's peeing on them. So I'm sure there's a certain level of that. I'm sure people carry water jugs and pee in them. Um. Uh... The last time I did half dome, I was with with a woman and we're like, we're in the middle of this thing. And she's like, I, I've got to pee right now. Like it's happening right now. We're stopping right now. You know, it's, it's like, we're in the middle of a wall. She's like dangling off this thing, like trying to keep her harness on, but get her pants down. It, it's like, stay safe. But like, also like get this pee out of me immediately. Yeah,
0: And she sounds awesome. Is that, was that a girlfriend?
1: That was, yeah. Choose good people.
0: That's awesome. That's
1: awesome. Also, a really great story about a good buddy of mine in the bay. He'd never been on a big wall and it's like he had to to poop, but it was diarrhea. And he's with somebody and they're it's like it's a team sport, you know? So he's holding his friends holding the bag and it's just like liquid. But there's like liquid from the front and the back, like at the same time. It's just like it's like you have a big it's a big bag in the wag bag, but it's like it's not that big. It's yeah. A lot of adventures of the bathroom.
0: I feel like you're gonna have a really close bond with somebody after that experience, right? Yeah.
1: Well it's <laughs> like, like, I don't um I don't actually like want to poop like immediately next to somebody, but obviously you have to in a wall. Right. Uh so yeah, it's like you become a team to hold hands a little.
0: Yeah. Uh this is you don't have no hurry to answer this question, but it just kind of came to my mind. Is um is there you have a favorite book that um that revolves around the rock climbing world. Ooh.
1: Hmm. I'm staring at this bookshelf of books.
0: Yeah, no, go for uh, it. Take your time. But,
1: well, I after the climbing accident happened, I was like actually quite traumatic and it's been years now and I'm in a much better place, but somebody gave me a book called Beyond the Mountain. Uh, it's about a bunch of different different types of accents and things that actually helped like quite a bit to read the I'm the dude who wrote it. Uh it's just like legendary alpinist and and all those yeah. things.
0: If you like if if we have any listeners that are listening and they're like, hey, I've always wanted to plan a trip to Yosemite for the climbers and for non climbers. Right. Just people who want to go visit. You have any specific advice for people who are planning a trip out there?
1: Yeah. I mean, OK, for my one thing, like everybody on Earth should have to do. Yosemite Valley is, there's two parts of Yosemite. I think that's a really good thing to know. There's like the valley, mm-hmm. and then there's like this high country that's, it's like really, really open space. And so uh, I think most people think of Yosemite, and they think of like Yosemite Valley. But then there's like this high country with glaciers and things like that. So it kind of depends on where you're going. Most people go to the valley. So the have-to-do thing for any human is when you come in, it's a one-way road. And the first thing you do is pass a bridge called the Pahono Bridge. Mm -hmm. And immediately after it is a water source on the right-hand side called Fern Springs. Fern Springs has been there since the beginning of time. And it's filtering water that's flowing from the rim of the valley down through natural rocks and things like that. And then it like bubbles up out of the ground. And it's a sacred water source for the people that live there. It's a project that some climbers took on to try to like restore So it's called fern springs. It should be like huge ferns surrounding the thing, but like tourists stomp all over them. Uh, I would say like, first thing you have to do is stop there. Okay. Dump out all your water, refill all your water in the fern springs. (laughs) Um, Take it home. You're going to want to make kombucha out of it. You're going to want to make beer out of it. Uh, Mead. Uh, You're going to want to like water your weed plants with it. Anything you can do with it. This is like sacred water, you know? Yeah. Uh, but it's actually it's it's incredible. It's super clean, refreshing. Just to me, almost like okay, let's start this journey. Like connect to the space, connect to the land, and mm-hmm. in a way, like connect to the people that that we kicked out to take it over. People who could manage the logistics should climb Half Dome. Let should hike Half Dome. It's yeah. uh, it's work to get permits for it, and then it's like actually just what an incredible amount of work to get up there and down, but. Uh, well, but you'll be rewarded tenfold over. It's it's you're really high up there. You're seeing like this whole magical place from the highest spot, and then mm-hmm. you're also seeing like out into the high country of Tuolumne, and it's just like whoa. <laughs> um, medium fit people who wanted to not go to the top of Half Dome. Yeah. Um, they should hike like the waterfalls. There's so many waterfalls to see. And I don't know if you've looked. Like Yosemite flooded this weekend. They no had to kick, They kicked everybody out. Like the snowpack is so high. The waterfall, like Yosemite Falls, which I, if I'm, my mind serves me correct, it's the like tallest waterfall in the United States. It was so big. It was just like overflowed over the entire bridge, over the entire road. Yeah. The waterfalls are just, it's incredible. I, I say this all the time and it's like water's life. And then funny enough, like the Fern Springs has a sign in front of it. It's like water's life. The people who lived here thought this thing too. Um Less fit, I would say like you can walk straight down below half dome. Okay. It's a flat path, probably paved from my mind serves me. You're just walking amongst these boulders that are like they're like house-sized boulders. And the cool thing is like you gotta remember, like these boulders, they came from the top. So like at some point in time, some something broke or something happened, and all this stuff fell. And so a house-sized boulder falling like it breaks, right? So it was like, what? It was a hotel-sized boulder. And it cracked into pieces that landed to be house-sized boulders. And you just kind of walk through them. You end up at a lake called Mirror Lake. And (laughs) it's usually just flat. And you're looking at this beautiful, like, exact replica of Half Dome. And then you look up, it's like, well, that's Half Dome. There's some seasonal activities. Like, there's a firefall that happens where the light is just perfectly hitting this small waterfall off Half Dome. That's not always there, you know it's like a seasonal thing and it uh, looks boy. like it's on fire. There's a lot of activities like to, for not not fitness people to do, but also yeah. like uh, hiking up the falls trail and, and the thing is like it's like three thousand vertical feet. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm sure you remember like we hiked up to Glacier Point. it's like you're going up and up and up yeah. and up and up and it almost just feels like it didn't stop and then when you get there, you're like, whoa, you're like looking down into um, yeah. the carved out thing. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Do you remember the, um, the thunderstorm that we got caught in on the way down?
1: One thing I remember is like that I, we watched lightning strike what's called Liberty dome, Liberty cap, I think. And Mm -hmm. uh, this old woman in front of me, I was swear to God, she was, she died, (laughs) you know? But the thing is like, I'd never felt electricity like that. I mean, (laughs) we watched it happen, but I mean, I felt it and we were still, we were at the top of Vernal Falls still. We had so far to go. Do you remember my, I was like arrogant, Chris, like, I don't need a rain fly. <laughs> we get back in my sleeping bag. It was my tent's full of water. And I'm like, Oh God. <laughs> I think we, I did that to all of us. I did I do that to all of you? <laughs> you guys, we don't need rain flies. It's like,
0: it's
1: not the rainy season. <laughs>
0: and yet we're like dodging lightning all the way down from this like that happens dude.
1: so fast
0: man there was all these switchbacks and i just remember us like booking it and then like seeing lightning hit like and i was like oh my god like we we may make it we may not you know yeah. we'll see but it was a god what a just a beautiful peaceful even with the storm. Yeah, I just can't even describe the feeling you get. Like you said, just even going into Yosemite, you almost feel like you're just driving into another world, right? Like When do, when would you recommend to go?
1: Ooh, it, it depends on what you want to do. Because, I mean, I think, like, highly recommend people get to the top of half dome. It, but, like, if nobody's looked, like, you got to climb these cables. And it's like there's boards of wood every few feet. So, actually, what you're doing is, like, skipping board of wood to board of wood to board of wood but you're in line, but then it's so good. So that's obviously not going to happen unless it's like open Mm -hmm. winter is so chill. I snuck up behind the camp for one time and was like illegally camping in the rocks, just on the ground and wake up. And it's like a foot of snow around me. Uh And one of the best days I've had very chill, less people, but oh man, like God bless my sister. My sister and I hiked up that same waterfall that we hiked up. But it was closed, and ah. we were like, We're gonna be fine. Like, so we run around the sign because it's national park that's exactly what you can and should do. Mm-hmm. And we end up on these. Do you remember the stair switchbacks right below vernal falls? And then you go yeah. under this big rock. That was mm-hmm. all like solid ice, like we're bambying across it. We're like, you know, laying out flat because you don't want to slip off the side. Like the side for people who don't know, it's like the side is like you're on these stairs. The side goes straight down into the river. That's freaking going crazy because of the waterfall. And we got to the top and I have some just amazing pictures. I actually, like my phone was just the other day, like showing me these pictures. I'm like, oh my God, my sister and I were so young. And she's like pseudo napping underneath this rock. That's like suspended in the air. It's like snow everywhere. So I, I love it in winter, um, October, greatest month on earth. That's when I was born. Scorpio Blythe, baby. But October's really good too.
0: <laughs> um okay, so two things. One, shout out to your sister. She is one of my favorite human beings ever. I need to get her on this podcast so she can we can reminisce about the days where her and I went on a hike and she lost both her big toenails. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I actually want to hear the story of her falling on the bicycle cuz it's really important to me.
0: <laughs> i love her so much she's one of, oh i just love her and then number two it just hit me when you were talking i don't know why but i remember i was so shocked at just how much you loathed the park rangers
1: <laughs> don't get me on it it's good it's so deeper than that now <laughs> well, I've had years of just aggression to grow. Now, it's like I don't know if we should unpack that or not. It's weird. They're, the park rangers, it's a weird dynamic. Don't smoke weed in Yosemite. Okay. Do it. Actually, do it. I mean, let's be ourselves. <laughs> don't do it in the parking lot of Curry Village. Highly recommend that. Got a ticket for that. How um,
0: much was your ticket?
1: Not like 400 bucks or something. and Maybe it's more than
0: Yeah,
1: they gun thug people, though. That's I, They're gun thugs. That's what I call them. Um, I've been pulled over Follow – okay, this is a really good – this is the best tip for everyone. Their speed limit's so important for two reasons. One, speeding kills bears. bears. Yeah, when you see the sign that says speeding kills bears, that's a dead bear. Like a bear died right there. And that's sucks. Look,
0: look. I just want to point out. Yes. I got this dude on my arm. I love that. <laughs> speeding kills bears. Okay, yeah, go ahead.
1: But they're gun thugging. So they, they – the speed limit changes quickly, and they pull people over. And I got pulled over once in front of – if somebody falls – and the cop was basically like, uh, hey, your taillight's out. Are you boys smoking marijuana? And it was like, <laughs> huh? And then we got back to the camp four and like the taillight wasn't out, you know? They're just really gunning for people. There's a like, don't go base jumping in Yosemite unless you're a base jumper and then go base jump in Yosemite. <laughs> uh, but they arrest people, you know? It's 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 bad.
0: I wonder how much the fine is if you get caught base jumping.
1: Okay, so glad you asked. They take your parachute, which is very expensive. They, oh. you you can't go to jail. So you go to the brig actually, and you don't see a judge. You see a magistrate. So the pro tip for everybody, and we can say it together is like, I do not accept the authority of the magistrate. Cause okay. if you don't accept the authority of the magistrate, then they have to send your case to Fresno and you'll see an actual judge in an actual court. So uh, that doesn't really help when you jump off of something and they take your $5,000 parachute and they charge you money or whatever, but Man,
0: that's yeah. great advice.
1: No, it is. Yeah. But I don't know. You know, I'm not a lawyer, so a lawyer might say different, but I've always been told, like, don't accept the authority of the magistrate.
0: You're saving lives, Chris. Like, Dude, I
1: hope. I've just. One podcast yeah. at a time. Yeah, I hope so.
0: <laughs> okay. So you know, tell me this to, to wrap up our world of Yosemite, is it a place that anybody can go to or should visit, or what do you think?
1: Has to. Yeah, absolutely. I, everybody on earth, when I meet people, that grew up in this giant state of California and they're like, I've never been to Yosemite. I'm like overwhelmingly disappointed because, you know, I took my parents there, you know, it's like, like, just like I said, like I cried when I looked at the view, just seeing standing at the base of El Capitan and it's 3000 feet tall. Like that's 3000 feet. I mean, actually in places you stand and the reason people jump off it, like, you're standing and looking up, and the rock is coming, arching over you. You know, and just it's it's changing as we speak. Like rocks are falling off this thing all the time. It's like rocks exfoliate and rivers flood, and they change the path. And there's very rich history there, albeit sometimes quite negative with like indigenous people and how we treated them. And John Muir, like what a legend, but like also kind of a totally completely racist dude. Like fundamental to yosemite like built most of the buildings that were there you know so it's kind of cool it's kind of like kind of like hurts a little and then it's amazing at the same time
0: didn't Mir um like get roosevelt into hiking and camping and and into the woods to where he wanted to make all these national parks or declare them
1: yeah they were like it's cool okay yosemite became protected under lincoln That's just like mind blowingly so long ago, right? Whoa. But it wasn't a park. It was like it was Yosemite Valley and this thing called the Mariposa Grove, which it's like trees that, you know, trees one of the trees has a branch the size of an airplane. Like the branch is the size of a seven thirty seven. So think about how big the trunk of the tree is. So that's what Lincoln protected. Yeah. And then so Roosevelt and Mir were actually in Wawona. Which is on the other side of Yosemite, even separate from the high country of of like Tuolumne Meadows. It's uh, that's where the giant trees are. And uh, Roosevelt's a to do fellow, right? He's got like an entire cavalry with him. Mir convinced him to kind of dip out, and they took horses all the way from Wawona down into the valley and slept at the, if I remember correct, at Bridalveil vale Falls. I think there's even like a sign there that says this is where we they talked. And Mir basically convinced Roosevelt, like, we have to preserve this as a national park. So, very cool. I mean, like, I I would think, for one, like, people would never have access to somebody that could make something like that happen these days. Yeah. And then, like, maybe the next person, next president in charge would just be like, no, 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 no. Like, there's gold in them hills. We're
0: gonna get it.
1: (laughs) We're gonna get it. Black gold.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. Man, that... Just even talking about Yosemite just makes me excited, makes me want to go back like tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, that is our main focus right now. T- telling everybody, if you haven't been, go. If you have been, go back, even though I'm sure people that are regulars there, they're like, no, don't come. You know, they're, we, make sweatsh- yeah, we make sweatshirts in Atlanta and it says we full. Atlanta, like, you know, like, don't, we're, we're done. Yeah. Like, we don't, I'm sure the climbers at Yosemite are, you know, doing the same thing. Please don't. But um, it is a wonderful place, completely worth going to and visiting and experiencing. And so I did want to kind of pivot for just a few minutes and ask you, if you are not going to go visit Yosemite, where is one place in the United States that you would recommend somebody to go on a vacation if they're traveling domestically
1: i think like uh man people got a road trip through utah it's it's really stupidly out of control I mean, okay let me i'll say my favorite author is edward Abbey, okay. um and he spent a lot of time in utah and he was the first park ranger i think in uh arches and he <laughs> hates tourists so it's like he has this particular flavor of like These people don't want to walk to see anything, you know? And he writes a book about it, and it's salty and and fabulous. But also like arches, like the arches on arches on arches on arches of sandstone. Sandstone towers, hoodoos, these mud hoodoos, um, artifacts. Uh, This is so sad, but in Moab, there's there's this scene, it's called this birthing scene, and it's a breech birth. It's a baby that's feet first, and Somebody vandalized it. That's the sad part that happened within like two or three years. Mm. But to me, it's so freaking cool to see Petroglyphs like that. And it's like, what was this? Was it, was that like, was that average Joe, right? Mm-hmm. Or um, Jane? Cause Joe probably didn't have a baby maybe. Uh, or was that like a princess or a queen yeah. or, or I don't know, whatever, you know, like, was it somebody yeah. important or was it just like the first breech birth they ever saw and there's so many parks just you can really take a road trip and like hit them boom 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 and Zion's cool Zion nailed it you know you gotta take a bus in Zion like which is a a bummer when you're taking the bus but then you are no there are no cars so it's kind of it's really incredible yeah um I love Utah.
0: How many? um, You think if somebody had like a solid what week, solid two weeks, they could kind of hit them all?
1: I think two weeks. I don't know if you'd hit them all. Two weeks would be really solid. Maybe you could get them all. Some of them are some of them are parks where you're definitely going to want to like Bryce. I didn't find the need personally to like explore deep into Bryce, but then actually (laughs) like looking out and seeing all the hoodoos uh, was pretty cool. I -hmm. think that was Bryce. Uh, Arches. I really wish I'd spend more time. I went and saw like the the. Royal Arch, Grand Arch, whatever it is, and ran, you know, first out there, ran the whole hike out to be the first one, and got the coolest photos of no people, and great yeah. shadows and stuff, but then it's like, there are a lot of arches, and there are a lot of, like, just weird formations, it's it's just, it's really incredible.
0: Oh, man, okay, so Utah, so Yosemite, they have to get visit Yosemite, and then they need to plan a trip to Utah.
1: Yeah, I would say so.
0: Okay, good. Yeah, the second to the last thing I want to talk to you about. But if you have like one good solid travel story... Like what stands out in your mind? What's your, what's your go to, like if you're sitting at a bar and people are talking about travel and like, you know, I have like three on tap all the time. Like I have to read my crowd. Like, okay, what kind of crowd is this? Which one are are they going to go for the, you know, the bad, you you know, the racy one. Are they going to go for the fun one? Are they going to go for the dangerous one? You know? And then I like pull those out of the hat and tell them Like what's your go to travel story.
1: Oh, man. Um, you know, I just want to... This isn't it, but, like, I got a gun pulled on my sister in Guatemala, in Antigua. Oh. So, it's just, like, I think a gun being pulled on me is, like, that's in the realm of possibility in the world. My sister... Uh, so... Um,
0: Sweetest thing ever! <laughs> I know, right? Oh. Living there.
1: Man, not pulled. It was flash. You know, like, the, like, it was kind of a cool thing. Maybe we were in. I don't know. Um, my best story... We... I went to Honduras with you. I think maybe you might remember... I fell out a waterfall and somehow like stuck it, like stuck it, you know? Um, Cause I was dead. Like if I had gotten hurt in that fall, like we were not, that was not going to be okay. But I, yeah. I stuck it like an Olympian. We, <laughs> the trip progressed. We ended up in Nutella and I stayed to get dive certified. Yeah. And, um, so I ended up, like, leaving everyone, and you guys all left, and everybody went home before me. It was very much an experience moment, like, I want to learn how to dive. And I'm so happy I did that. I'm about to actually start cleaning up Lake Tahoe, scuba diving in the lake and cleaning it. Heck yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the get home, I go back to the airport, finally, eventually. I mean, let me start off with the vomit comet. <sighs> <laughs> so I'm alone. The vomit comet, if somebody doesn't know, it's from Utila. <laughs> Back to, um, I don't know where, yeah. And it's like the smallest enclosed boat in the choppiest water on earth. Not a small <laughs> boat, but it's the choppiest water. You want a boat five times this size in water like this. So I get on alone, which if if you're with Starla, even though she's not your tour guide and she's buying your ticket, there's a bowl of Dramamine up there. She's not going to grab it for you. you. Go get it yourself. So this beautiful woman is sitting across and they're handing out vomit bags as they do. <laughs> and the water gets good, you know, it's like, it's getting better. It's like, actually now I think it's thunderstorming. And so she just starts throwing up. Like it's, I, I mean, everybody's throwing up. Everybody around me is vomiting. It's just a symphony of perfection. We get to the other side and my Spanish is, um, bad at best. Yeah. So, I'm like, I need a taxi back to your parents' house. (laughs) And so this dude puts me in a taxi, and it's like, lo and behold, who am I with? I'm with the girl, Uh, and she has the most beautiful sundress you've ever seen. Like, if I'm gonna be honest, and like, she meets this guy, and they just make out. They're just like, pow, 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 making out, making out, making out. And I'm like, whoa, you know, she did not brush her teeth in between what we've experienced together, and now. so uh taxi drivers have broken you the the taxi driver tries to drop me off not at your parents and i'm like no 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 let's go further which is that's how good my spanish is okay so i made it to the airport after that and um i hope that him and her i hope they have like a ton of kids now it's been long enough like they're to like in it solid. And she told him about the prop the thing. <laughs> but if not, uh, <laughs> I'm at the airport and I'm I guess I was flying on um a buddy pass or something.
0: Okay,
1: like I was flying on standby because they started doing paper tickets, and I was like, shit, <laughs> I'm not getting on this airplane. So, you know, I'm just like immediately like if you fly standby and you're in. San Pedro Sula and they start doing paper tickets you're like nope this has gone south so I'm it did I did not get on the airplane and so I sleep at the airport and like the next day I also don't get on an airplane but this woman is uh, her. she's like my husband works also for the airline and she's like well, I'm, my family's here why don't you come with me and we're going to go to Teguchi Kappa tomorrow and get an airplane And I'm like, yeah, let's do that. I'm like, I don't know who you are, but yes. Uh, Yeah, I was. I feel like six felt more accurate. So she took me back to the middle of nowhere. It's journaled somewhere where it was, like electricity in and out the whole time. Small, small town on a hill and put me in a spare bedroom. Like that's where the refrigerator was. So people were like in and out of my room the whole time. Like, and it's like, it's hot, you know? So I've got, I'm like, no, I don't have a lot of clothing on. I'm sleeping on top of the blankets. And it's like, I keep waking up with people and like refrigerator light and they're staring at me. Um, But then I woke up and we drove across like that mountain range all morning long to the greatest sunrise of my whole entire life. And they were the kindest people on earth. Like they put me in shotgun, and her brother drove us like like basically across the country to a different airport so we could because she was flying standby too, so we could like get on this airplane. And um, I don't know. It's like I, to me, travel is the people. I love the places. I love the experiences. But God, the people you meet, uh, and you just take that. You know, it's so good. So and. Taguigapa is a crazy airport. Like, I watched airplanes slam into the runway all day. It's a very short runway. Uh, You have to take off and, like, cut through the mountains. It's sketchy. It's actually
0: every year. It's like in the top five most dangerous airports in the world to, you know, take off and land.
1: It was amazing. And I didn't, I slept in an airport one night, slept in a bed the other, made it home. I wrote the most thoughtful thank you letter to her on earth. And, it's just like so good. Like it was just like uh part of me was like, are these my this is my family now? <laughs> Did I just move here? Are these are we in love? You know? Uh but it was it was wild and it was I was that uncertainty that's so good in life and but also like in travel, and then yeah. it worked out, you know? And it worked out in this way where I just I mean like I can't articulate the sunrise um over those mountains. And the thing is like right now, I'd probably have my phone in my pocket and have a ton of pictures of that. But yeah. then I, that's not where I was, you know? And so it's like, yeah. I just sat in the front seat watching the sunrise and just eating my stomach on this sketchy mountain road. And the kindness of those people, I don't know. It's just always stood out to me. They were just like, so, so kind to be like, I trusted them, but dude, they trusted me. They, they took me to the middle of nowhere. You know, I could have been like crazy murder like just open my bag up and I just like,
0: Awesome! I love that story. I loved everything about it, and it made me cry because I could <laughs> just see—I can just see everything from the vomit comment to, to the paper tickets. To just, you're like, "Yeah, dude, let's let's go to the golf club, which really is. The more I think about it, I'm like, "Oh my god, it's so far from." It's pages. so far. <laughs> <laughs> but you see
1: them using paper tickets, like just go home. Wrong, <laughs> wrong. <laughs> <laughs> going to work out.
0: <laughs> oh, man. I love that. I I love Honduras, man. I'm, that was such a solid trip. You know, we yeah. had such a good That's time. amazing. And I think that was my first trip with your sister as well. I agree. Uh, yeah, yeah. She was there as well. And I don't remember who else, but it was awesome. I think Coral, my daughter, was there as well.
1: I think was so, it? too, actually. Like, I think for a little minute. Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah. was it, Could have been... It could have been her birthday or it was somebody else's birthday.
0: It was probably hers. I swear I'm always there on her birthday. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh my God, that was amazing. I just, uh, I haven't laughed that hard in a long time. I almost peeped myself. I'm not going to lie. But I held it in. Um, So the end of this podcast, uh, if you listen listen to any of them, I got to do my would you rathers. Okay. So I got five would you rathers just for you. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. Would you rather, if you were on a trip, would you rather lose your passport or lose your phone with all its pictures in it?
1: Oh, God. Man. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm going to just like, let's lose that passport. It's like (laughs) free extended trip. This is a great embassy story. (laughs) (laughs) excuse me you're not i was with these people in guatemala once and like at dinner they the dude erased all their photos from like six months of travel and there's no getting that back you know like I'd, i'll lose some stamps gain a story
0: but yeah, those pictures man but um, what a
1: nightmare losing a passport gonna be
0: uh i guess have iCloud or whatever, and your pictures get uploaded. Then maybe your phone. But I've lost my passport like three different times, and the last time I lost it when I went to the embassy, and it's like you know I was a regular there. I'm like, hey, and they were like, just to let you know, um, you aren't gonna keep getting one of these. Like, yeah. You know, <laughs> there is a limit and you can get cut off and I'm like wait that's a thing you can revoke me from getting a passport because I've lost too many and they're like yes and I'm like noted,
1: noted. So, now totally
0: noted. Me. so now it would be my phone like, hold on, <laughs> on yeah yeah okay here we go would you rather spend a year on Mars by yourself like, you know, Matt Damon style, and I can't remember the name of that movie, but, yeah. you know, you know. so you have food, it's sustainable, but you're just experiencing a different planet, knowing you're going to get picked back up for a year or on a remote island by yourself. Nobody else.
1: So just like either I'm going to do like one year of COVID again or one year of COVID again. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> um, gosh. The unexpected of Mars, you know, it's just the red planet. I mean, the endless possibilities. But I think I could make a lot out of an island, to be honest. I think I could make it into a thing. And then actually, like, probably maybe some gravitas. People would want to come to my island. Uh, so I'm going to go island.
0: So you could, like, build a hostel while you're there. Exactly, you know? yeah. Get it ready for people to come. And then you can market it as this is where I was stranded for a year. Um, Swiss Family Robinson style.
1: It's, it's like the Chris McCandless bus. Like, people were going to want to come see where I survived
0: yeah oh brilliant and I
1: then, then one up they're gonna want to actually pay to stay there
0: man that actually sounds pretty phenomenal okay so remote island is my answer as well okay would you rather be a pilot by trade and fly planes around all the time or captain of a ship
1: oh gosh this is crazy i'm infatuated with i mean my father trades pilots i'm infatuated with like I'm just infatuated with it. I'm sometimes like, I should be a
0: pilot. Yeah.
1: I am equally as infatuated with like sailing a boat, not piloting a ship, but I mean, sailing a boat, right? What an experience that would be. And so I do hope I actually like maybe one day I'll fly airplanes, whatever. I don't care. I would love to sail a boat around places one day, like have the means to just not worry about it and have a nice enough boat where, you know, you want, you don't want things to break. You don't want like yeah. lines to break or sails to tear or like pulleys to bust. You want to have like a nice new seaworthy vessel. So that yeah. would be, that would be very cool. A boat.
0: Um, I probably should have looked up her name just to give her credit. But did you see the headlines today about the South African lady who has been on her sailboat for like 236 days and no.
1: just
0: in our hemisphere?
1: That is so cool.
0: Isn't it dope? Okay. So anyways, we're going to go on to number four. Two more. Number four, would you rather stay, if you had to be confined to either the Grand Canyon National Park or Yellowstone National Park, you were confined in the parameters for one year, which one are you choosing?
1: Yellowstone all day. I've (laughs) I've not been to Yellowstone for starters. (laughs) I I do love the Grand Canyon. I mean, what the thing is, It's just, they're so different in the types of, of things. I mean, uh, but also think about like a year in yellow, it's going to get snowy. It's going to be actually quite a hard year, but I just feel like I would love, I have a problem and this is actually, I realized this about myself at some point. And this is part of the problem with Yosemite for me is like, I can't just experience the surface of something. Suddenly I want to know like all of it, you know, like what happens when the river floods and, um all these things so yellowstone to me it's like going on it for a week or something like that it's just going to be such a tease in a way and so then a year is like that's what i would need and this mm-hmm. is also what happened to me with Yo- yosemite like i went and i got like this itch and then i was like i need to know what it's like to jump off of every single bridge into the river you know yeah. and yeah. it's it's not enough to, like, know it. And that, and also, I think part of why I was like, oh, let me go back to Antigua and, like, spend all this time in Guatemala because need to know deeper these things.
0: Yeah. Hey, you could, um if you were uh, <clears throat> stuck in Yellowstone for a year, you could become a park ranger.
1: Hopefully, <laughs> but not a gun thug park ranger. I want to be interpretive. I want to tell people, hey, like, don't put that bison in your car. Like, it's really not good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, last question. Um, I had it written down. Okay. If you were camping, rock climbing, doing your little tour through North America, so United States and Canada, let's let's include them both together. What animal would you least like to encounter? And I don't have a would you rather because I want to hear just like your straight up answer. Like would, what animal, or would you like straight up be terrified?
1: I mean, look, it's like not terrified, but marmots, dude. These guys are going to get in your stuff. Like, I don't care what you do. Marmots are going to find a way. So that, I think that, I think that applies up in Canada, like up in BC and stuff. I yeah. Think. But I don't know. I love bears. Like I said, I think all the bears here are quite domesticated in a way where you like, ah, and they run. Yeah. Um, grizzlies are probably different. So then it, beyond that, because marmots aren't that scary, except they like want, they want to like get the weed out of your bag, you know? Um, It's like, <laughs> probably some type of cat being yeah. stalked by a cat you don't even know they're doing it they're just they're like tippy-toeing behind you and else yeah
0: okay so you would rather avoid a large cat let's just say mountain lion okay yep. uh, you would rather <clears throat> you would rather avoid a mountain lion than a polar bear I mean sh-
1: hot dog. You're not wrong, but at least I think for the most part, you're going to be able to be like, oh, my God, is that a polar bear over there? Yeah, it's like it's murdering a seal. I see it. It's blood everywhere. But then you're going to be like, do you hear that? And then I'm like, Starla, where'd you go? And then it's like, you got dragged away by a mountain lion. You know? I'm like, Starla, did you hear that? And you're so?
0: Okay. Touche. That's a valid point. Okay. Yeah. A polar bear is not going to sneak up on you. Like it's not. Unless you you get
1: between it and it's cubs. That's the one thing I'll say about bears. You stay away from those cubs. Yeah. Too darn cute.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, this was so, it was like everything I'd ever hoped and dreamed of. I love having conversations with you. I have missed these conversations. It's been what, like eight, nine years since we've seen each other? So, so this was legit, man. Thank you so much for bearing your soul, <laughs> telling us about Yosemite, telling us about some go-to spots you know, in the United States. And you're awesome. Thank you.
1: Thank you. It's been an absolute joy. I love talking to you. If anybody needs other Yosemite tips, you send them my way.
0: Yes. Okay. I will for sure. All right, man. Thank you so much. Thanks. Bye. We remind you that this is a non smoking flight smoking is prohibited on the entire aircraft, including the lavatories tampering with disabling or destroying the lavatory smoke detectors is prohibited by law. If you have any questions about our flight today, please don't hesitate to ask one of our flight attendants.